I don't know if I'm just looking up at the right times or what, but man, you know what story ESPN is infatuated with this morning, don't you? Devin Booker versus Clay Thompson. I mean, you would think it's bigger than the World Series. You would think it's bigger than the NFL. You would think it's bigger than college football in game, what, four of the NBA season. I hate ESPN's coverage of the NBA. It's just nauseating. They really hate football over there. So you want to start going through the BV presser? Anything else in the Air Comfort Solutions text line we should hit? We had a conversation in hour one about A&M or Texas, which direction you would want to go. There's a there's a lot of really good stuff on here about the uh, <laughs> just about that battle between the two teams. Like Jesse writes, at the end of the day, Texas A&M still wants to be Texas, so I still feel like Texas is a better place. That's weird. It's 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 definitely weird. Uh, ATM's problem is Jimbo can't find a quarterback. Yeah, that's it. That is it, man. And there's a lot of people around college football that for some reason, continue to have that problem. It's wild, isn't it? Of all the things you need, a quarterback is the one thing they can't figure out. Oklahoma went and pretty quickly found Dylan Gabriel. Yep. And almost had Jackson Dart. And then whenever they didn't get Jackson Dart, it's worked out okay for for Ole Miss. I would say they feel pretty good about sure. things. Sure. It's I, I don't know – I don't know if it's going to become the norm or if it was a little bit unique based on the era, right, with the extra COVID year and things of that nature. I don't know if this is going to become the norm where constantly quarterbacks that are, you know, guys who have started at places or in the portal at Power 5 programs. But then again, I I can't with any confidence say it's not going to be the norm. (laughs) If somebody has started and lost their gig, they're going in the portal. Sure. Gary Bohan is a great example, right? If there's a coaching change that's made. Rattler. Probably going in the portal. Spencer Rattler is a great example of not the necessarily the coaching change, but the he was, losing he was, their job. Right. He was going either way. He was going either way. So Brent Venable's opening statement is really good. It's seven minutes long. You want to hear the whole thing? Sure. Yeah, why not? I've um, I've got the latest on Billy Bowman's injury, which is on our Twitter feed as well, at KRF Sports. <laughs> um, DJ Graham, he gave somewhat of an update since people were making fun of us for spending so much time talking about DJ Graham's position move. Uh, here was the answer from the coach, and it was – I think it's fair to say about as about as brief as everything has been on DJ Graham so far. Here's what he said. Now, my understanding on and DJ and his dad and I visited this when I when I got here uh, briefly. Uh, he was signed as an athlete with the opportunity to play either side. Uh, they they preferred him to try defense. He said he'd give it a try. Uh, his love is is on offense and at receiver. So he he asked if he could uh, move back. There you go. There we go. Um, But here was what Coach said in just the overall kind of wide view of things. Josh, now, with this being about seven minutes, if there's a place we want to stop and jump in and add something, let me know. Right, and and I I have a couple of spots that I've earmarked here to Hop where – Hop off the trail, right. take a little break, have a snack. Right, and, and kind of dive into it. Here we go. I guess I probably need to have it turned up. Our guys uh, had a great week, um, off week. 
got an opportunity to get some guys healthy and uh, get an opportunity to uh, self-evaluate um, where we are uh, from a self-scout standpoint, uh, the things that we need to continue to work on and improve um, scheme, fundamentally, personnel, uh, our different packages, uh, things that uh, maybe from a tendency standpoint, uh, you can kind of lose in the minutia of a, of a season. Uh, so we had a, an opportunity to uh, look at that as well. Both sides of the ball got a chance to look at each other, have an opportunity to get guys refreshed, uh, mind, mind uh, body, and spirit, which is very important. Um, we practiced three days, practiced uh, last Monday evening, a non-padded practice uh, for just about nine periods and had an opportunity to do a service opportunity here locally uh, with the team. And then Wednesday, a good, tough, padded practice on Wednesday. And, and then Thursday, another uh, good, tough, challenging practice. Had an opportunity to scrimmage a lot of our, um, both our two deep and our uh, three deep players. Have an opportunity to do that a couple of days and get them uh, uh, continue to evaluate them and give them an opportunity to, to develop. This is a developmental game. So uh, they enjoyed that, uh, getting a chance to compete. And um, then, again, starting this week, uh, we've got a five-game stretch here, uh, very challenging. Uh, you know, challenge for our guys is to, uh, you know, finish with no regrets, have an opportunity to uh, – we can win every game, and, and certainly we could lose every game. It's going to take everybody being completely and totally committed uh, to doing their best. And uh, it's not going to be easy, uh, just like – if we were six and zero right now, it wouldn't handling that wouldn't be easy either. Um, but uh, finishing uh, without distractions and finishing with great purpose, uh, having an opportunity to uh, finish um, the way we're capable of, of finishing, I think it'll, um, a lot of these guys are anxious to have an opportunity to try to do that. To, to uh, as I told them, we'll be this team will be remembered for how we finish uh, at four and three right now. Um, you know, that's in the rearview mirror. That's in the past. I can't do anything about uh, what's taken place um, uh, previously. But uh, moving forward, right where our feet are right now, we have an opportunity to change uh, the ending. So that's what we're focused on. Got a great challenge this week going up to, to Ames, Iowa, uh, to have a chance to, to play Iowa State. Matt Campbell, uh, I think this is his seventh year, uh, has done a tremendous job. Uh, they've had, a, I think, five straight years of, of um, winning seasons. They got the top defense in the in the conference. Scoring defense, they've done a, a fabulous job in the unique scheme that they have. Uh, I think they, for the the categories uh, that they lead the the Big Twelve, that nobody's done that uh, maybe ever um, or in some time in the Big Twelve, being number one in the four major categories: scoring defense, total defense, rushing, and pass defense. So, going to be a great challenge. Uh, from that standpoint, uh, number nine, a defensive end for them, Will McDonald, terrific player, an All-American uh, defensive end. Uh, they've got a terrific set of receivers uh, as well. Xavier uh, Hutchinson, um, number eight, great, great player. Uh, and, um, and then a, a quarterback that's, again, another dual-threat quarterback in Deckers uh, doing a great job. Again, they've lost four games by 14 points. So they've been in every game. Um, they've got a tremendous culture there. Uh, they expect to win. Uh, their backs are against the wall. 
Um, you know, we're going to get everybody's A game. That's what happens when you come to Oklahoma. Uh, you're not going to uh, show up and sneak up on anybody. Uh, everybody uh, is ready uh, to, to compete and play against Oklahoma. So it'll be a, a great atmosphere for those that have been uh, to Ames. And we don't have a, a ton of players that have. Uh, but, you know, I'm sure every seat will be, uh, will be filled and they'll be there early, uh, tailgating a very loyal fan base. And, um, and, and again, they have an opportunity to, to uh, you know, fight their way uh, out, of a, out of some tough losses, just like uh, we do as well. But for us, had, again, a chance to self-evaluate, get back to the basics. And, you know, for our team, uh, just told them all they can write is, is you know, what we do, you know, you know moving forward. So um, we're going to be judged again by, by how we finish. Um, this game is about mental toughness and fortitude and perseverance, perseverance and the, the will to win. And, and so we got a chance to put that on display each of the next five weeks. Um, and we put it all together, as we've shown a few times this year, we got everything we need. That's what I know. And, but we got to be relentless to improve. This is, this is what the game's all about. Uh, somebody asked me when we began the season, what would, you know, be a measure of success for you in year one? And I said, get better from the beginning of the year to the end. And um, a little bit shorthanded, not having Dylan a couple of games. Um, we know that uh, when we got here in, uh, in December, uh, you know, there's a, a number of scholarship quarterbacks that were no longer here. And, um, and that takes a toll, you know, as uh, is, is valiant of a, uh, and tough, toughness that he showed. You know, Davis didn't get here uh, until, you know, we started up, you know, fall camp. So, um, you know, again, uh, to give us a chance to, 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 to play the way we're capable of playing, Dylan gives us the best opportunity to win. And it was great to have him back last week. And, uh, but if we got, we got a healthy team, we got everything that we need. And, um, but we got it. This is a game of improvement. That's what it's all about. And so that's what last week was about. That's going to be, that's gonna be what the next five weeks are going to be about um, uh, as well. And it takes what it takes. There's, there's no, again, all of a sudden now, uh, you know, coming off a of bye week, it takes something different. It, it takes exactly uh, what it takes. Um, you know, there's an expectation. Uh, for every player on our team when you get into the game to play and can perform to a standard. Uh, and you got to take ownership with both the good and the bad. Um, but commitment, sacrifice, um, great, great focus is what's going to separate, you know, our players when, once they get out onto the field. And, uh, you know, again, the, the climb gets steeper as we finish the year. The margin for error uh, is, is virtually none. The air gets thinner. And we got to be intentional about everything that we're doing, you know, moving forward. There you go. Pretty thorough. Don't really know if we need to go through too much more. My man hit it all, didn't he? It's good. We've, we've got everything we need. When we're healthy, we got everything we need. And thought that was, you know, there's been a consistent, I don't want to say theme, but I'm, I'm pretty sure that Coach has heard it enough and Jeff Levy has heard it enough about the backup quarterback that – you know, even in that opening statement, hey, Davis got in here late. Obviously, it didn't go as we wanted. But I think you see it makes a big difference when we have Dylan Gabriel out there as our quarterback. So, high respect for Iowa State, too, in all of that. Do you think that Venables believes that, that he has what he needs? Oh, that's deep. So, last night, 
I was listening to the coach's show. Uh, wait, what is today? Yeah, yeah, last night. Wait, is it Wednesday? Last night I was listening to the coach's show. And he had he talked about the 18 and 19 Clemson defenses, right? Some of the some of his best defenses. And what and in the context of it was the three man front. <laughs> Which I I don't know. I guess Toby decided to make him mad and talk about the three man front. No. So I went and I was looking at that roster for the Clemson football team. I don't know why Xavier. The Clemson talk. football Tigers. The Clemson football Tigers. I was looking at that 2018 national championship team. And then in that, I was looking at the 2019 team as well. Um, bro, that, that's NFL starters all across the front of their defense. Yeah. I mean, in 2018, they ran a four-man front. Their four-man front. Or, or let me rephrase it. I shouldn't say it. I haven't watched the tape, but he talked about how they did some four man, or some three man front stuff. They had Clee Farrell, Christian Wilkins, Dexter Lawrence, and Austin Bryant. Do you know what all three of those guys are doing on Sunday? They're all playing in the NFL, and three of those four were first round picks. Mm-hmm. In the secondary, they had Kayvon Wallace, Trayvon Mullen, AJ Terrell, and Tanner Muse. Outside of Tanner Muse, you know what all those guys are doing on Sunday? Playing in the NFL. Isaiah Simmons. Isaiah Simmons. And then I think, if if I understand correctly, after the 18 championship, if I was kind of following the vibe that Coach was talking about, I think he was more talking about the 2019 team that maybe played a little bit more of the the 3-3-5 or however you want to phrase it. And even then, you know, and Justin Foster, Jordan Williams, Niles Pinkney, Xavier Thomas. Now, three of those guys, not necessarily NFL names, but really, really, really good college football players. And Xavier Thomas is a guy that, I mean, let's be honest, we're probably going to see drafted in the NFL pretty high. So they just, you know, you say, does he really, truly believe he has everything he needs well, Josh, it's kind of hard to say that when you think about what he had in some of those teams in 18, 19, 20, and 21. And it, we could go back. You know, we could go back and, and go even further into the litany of players that he had since he really got to put his stamp on things after what, like, like maybe the, the players he inherited in 12 and then even 13, you know, from about 2014 on, there might not be more talent-laden defenses in – college football period and this is not Brent Venable saying hey we've got everything we need on September 1st right I mean he's within that statement can be hey we've got everything we need to to win the next five games right right I mean he's not saying I've got everything I need to go win a national championship obviously that is out of reach for Oklahoma but in terms of going out and winning football games and starting to resemble and morph into what this thing needs to start morphing into the rest of the way, I've got what I need. We've got what we need, right? That's why I just – I was curious your thoughts on that. Do, do you think that he has what he needs to win a national championship? Probably not. No. D- does he have what he needs to win out 
Yeah, good point. Yeah. Does does he have mind. what he needs to win a Big Twelve championship? Right. Maybe. But I think as it's been proven through the first, you know, four games of conference play, that answer would probably be no. And you guys are on it on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. True sooner. No, he doesn't believe that. He'd like a few more studs on the defensive side of the football. Kindle, but Oklahoma doesn't have those types of dudes on their D line. And that doesn't have to be in your opinion. Listen, not many teams in college football have those kind of dudes on their defensive line, right? Look across the college football. I mean, in 2018, when they won the national championship, and I think it was Dexter Lawrence, maybe it was Cleve Farrell that had the classic line of, if you're tired of your coach jumping around, getting in your videos, then you need to come to Clemson. You know, the great um, the, the, the great line from, this has been a terrible morning from my memory, but West Side, and it's just you. That's not an anomaly. That type of talent on your D line in one one or two years it just doesn't happen. No, Suge Knight. Thank you, Suge Knight. <laughs> so I couldn't come up with off the top of my head, especially from a guy that just watched a documentary about it over the weekend. But yeah, it's. I mean, it's going to be here, – here's what else sucks is everything that you do, it's like, boy, do you have an Isaiah Simmons on this defense? You're like, Isaiah Simmons is pretty special. I mean <laughs> – Right. I mean, that was number eight overall pick. <laughs> that was, that's a dude that is – look, Zach. I, I got you, Zach, shouldn't I? But I'm just – I'm very much in a I, – I heard Coach mention that on the Coach's Show, and it just magnifies how – talented they were. Oklahoma does have Isaiah Simmons, by the way, on this defense. Canick? Justin Harrington. Oh, Harrington. <laughs> Speaking of Harrington. Revisit a summer conversation for you. Where where has he been? Like, I, I just it, was it a lot of preseason hype and the grind of the season has kind of bore out a few issues or what? Because that's all we heard about. And he's made a play, right? He had the interception. And feels like he's pretty fiery, understands. I just don't feel like he's getting the snaps, even through some of the injuries that they dealt with, even through some of the moves that they've made. Yeah. Kind of stuck with Deshaun White in that cheetah position. And then when Deshaun White got in, in back or two, when Deshaun White got booted, it wasn't more Justin Harrington. It was Jaron Canick. Of course, that's going back to game three, which seems like a season ago. But I don't know. Certain guys that you talk about, in the morning, and then all of a sudden, boom, things fall apart. All right, in the offseason, and boom, things fall apart. All right, quick break. It is 10-22. When we come back, got more BV coming up. More of Coach Venables from yesterday's press conference, plus our top five stories today right here on The Ref. All right, uh, 405, let's uh, get a couple calls in on this, too. We have the A&M Texas conversation. Brent Venables opening statement, thoughts about Iowa State. Coming up this weekend, 405-329-9000. The Riverwind Casino jackpot line, 405-329-9000. This is is interesting. Um, From the 918. Isn't it interesting that Coach Riley won three to four consecutive Big 12 conferences without the defensive studs that BV seems to crave? I mean, Ben Venables just said he has everything he needs to win. But I feel like Everyone is wanting to get more talent defensively. 
Now, would you say that Oklahoma won those Big 12 championships because of their defense? Probably not. And I think you saw last season that that model was not sustainable. Clearwater sooner. Plank, I don't remember a time when you had these problems remembering. <laughs> it's just today. It's, it's been the last two days. I don't know what it is. It's been crazy. Well, I feel like that was like inception right there. It was yeah, like a dream within yeah, a dream. Exactly. They're having memory issues Memory problems as well. too, remembering when I don't have these issues remembering. Oklahoma hasn't had dudes on their D-line since Gerald McCoy and Tommy Harris days. Doggone it, Kendall. Stop bringing everybody down. But, yes, <laughs> correct. Who, who recruited those guys? Brent Venables. Oh, you're saying there's a chance. Uh, but hey, Listen, I'm not. I've, oh, I think I think you're going to see Oklahoma invest in a lot of development. I think you're going to see, for instance, I saw the – I mentioned the, the Washington. The Washington Warrior, who I think had actually been a – a Norman guy for a while, Nate Roberts, who got the preferred walk-on offer from Oklahoma. Cooper Alexander is a guy that's probably going to have an Oklahoma offer, right? Mm-hmm. You, There was a moment during the coach's show on Tuesday night where he talked about some of the success of Iowa State and went through, went through some of the Iowa State guys that were successful from the Oklahoma area and from this region, right? Brees Hall, a guy from this region. Charlie Kolar, a guy that literally played college or high school football down the street from Oklahoma. So I I think you're going to see there is going to be this commitment to investment. I think there are development. I think it's going to be with younger guys or Oklahoma guys. But they're also – you got to go out and get the best players you can. And if you're going to sure. say, hey, well, Lincoln Riley did it, I think we've all kind of looked at it and said, that's that's great for the Big 12. And if you want to live in that world, go for it. But even though Tennessee put 51 on Alabama, you're going to have to be able to play a different level of defense when you go to the SEC. It's just the reality of it. So you're going to have to commit to that becoming more of a priority. And Oklahoma's going to accomplish it through development of of certain guys and obviously going out and getting an elite level of athlete that they need on that defensive side of the football. And I think you can blend both. You know, so many times we get that feedback of, oh, great. So where's the four of the five-star kid? And generally speaking, yeah, right? I mean, it's you, you need the four- and five-star talent. You need the blue chippers. The blue chip ratio is a real thing. It exists. But, you know, I can just speak to – what I spend a lot of time covering, and there's guys that walk on. And and I'm not trying to compare the two because, look, they, they don't almost even play the same sport, Oklahoma right. and Iowa. But Iowa gets guys that walk on to the program, and I'm thinking of somebody in particular. Quinn Schulte is a legit player. He would play at OU. He is a good defensive back. So, look, I'm not saying you want 11 guys like that running around out there, but it's not unthinkable, Plank, that, oh, you can find a couple of those guys, develop them, and, and turn them into ball players here at the University of Oklahoma and blend that again with that four- or five-star talent. That exists. Yeah, it absolutely does. All right, um, more text coming up in a bit. Let's get back to BV. He's talking about Iowa State and what's impressed him about their defense because 
I think there's one thing that Coach Venables hasn't been too shy talking about was, hey, we, we went and talked to them. We met with them. We wanted to learn more about their defense, and they took a lot of the components that they had in Ames and used them in Clemson, South Carolina. By the way, they are showing the Golden State Phoenix highlights again on ESPN. What show is it? I assume it's Sports Center right now, but come on, guys. What are we doing? No college football talk today, Nothing. I'm oh, sure. Oh, no, no. It's Wednesday. It's not happening. They've uh, – what's our boy's name, uh, Mr. SEC? Paul, Paul Feinbaum. Feinbaum right? I, I don't even know that I've seen him on there recently. I haven't. I, they, they sometimes bring him on on Friday for a hit. Now, they did remind everyone last night that the 14 playoff rankings were coming. They had some interesting projections on who their top six would be in the initial playoff rankings. But this is a moment where I would remind you that the number three and four teams in the initial playoff rankings last year were Michigan State and Oregon. Do you think, do you think it's as simple as one of the higher-ups at ESPN is just a massive NBA fan? I think it's part of their deal with them. I think it's part of their deal with them. Either that or they realize that there is a certain faction of of expertise that most of their insiders who they cram on TV all the time, that's all they've got. I mean, literally, I'm watching now about Russell Westbrook and the Lakers. What are we doing? All right. BV, Iowa State, what's he seeing from their defense? In three, two, one. Well, I think um, the courage that it takes to make a, a drastic change like that, I think they did that, you know, middle of the season years ago. Uh, and, and again, they, they do throughout the last X number of years, you know, one of the things that you really respect about Coach Campbell is, uh, and their staff is the development of their players. And, uh, you know, I've always... Uh, Coaches, you know, you try to take pride in, in getting guys to play beyond their ability. And they've done that consistently, uh, both through effort and toughness and physicality, fundamentals, uh, belief, uh, systems, um, all of those things, uh, details uh, that from a preparation standpoint. And um, uh, they've continually tried to tweak things uh, systematically to try to keep up with the times and continue to evolve and grow and improve and play to their personnel strengths and protect protect their weaknesses. Now, and again, I think there's a, a popular belief that you can't uh, stop people with a three-man front. And I think they've um, uh, they've taken that myth uh, and you know uh, and done whatever with it. You know, they've they've been the example for what good defense has been in this conference consistently over the last four or five years. And uh, so. Uh, and then I think you look at the the other top defenses in the conference, whether that's and I don't I don't don't know. I know that they're number one in those four categories because Mike told me coming in here and I've watched them play. Uh, and uh, but I don't know, but I I watch uh, everybody, and uh, looks like TCU and Kansas State, two three man front teams, also have uh, two of the better uh, defenses in the conference as well. Uh, you know those. Those teams, you know, combined, I think they they have just the you know the one loss. So, um, <clears throat> anyway, that that being said, they they do a great job, you know, developing their guys and believing in their system, and again, playing with great effort and physicality, all the things uh, that it takes, you know, to do well. And there's elements that obviously Oklahoma is going to implement. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's that goes without saying. Absolutely, all the, the same things. Uh, again. Uh, building something that you believe in and uh, recruiting to, I mean, again, playing to your player's strengths, uh, recruiting to your system, uh, and again, the development. 
the fundamentals, the execution, the precision, the details, the buy-in, uh, the toughness, uh, the relentlessness that it takes, relentlessness to, you know, from a mindset, what it takes to improve. And again, winning and success doesn't come with something that you do occasionally. It's, it comes from something that you do consistently, you know, that you're, you're committed to it. You're relentless and chasing uh, whatever that is. And, and so that's obviously we're trying to, you know, emulate all that, th- you know, throughout our program. Yeah. And by elements they can take, the mindset, the approach, the commitment to it. All right. We got more uh, injury update on Billy Bowman. The his reaction in which he he cut off who mid question, which I can't not not anything neg- negative about Johnny. He was just like, listen, man, let, let me explain that about that we can win every game, we can lose every game, and it's a really cool perspective on just football in general, and uh, obviously some Robert Spears Jennings talk from coach as well too that we'll get to coming up as we recap BV's press conference from yesterday right here on the ref. Brent, when you said. Um we could win every game, we could certainly lose every game. Is that kind of maddening to not be able to know, kind of have that pre Mm-mm. I don't know, preconceived notion of no. who you're better than? Or no, not, I don't mean to cut you off, but yeah, I don't mean to cut you off, but that no, that's the game of football. You know, you can't, you can't cheat this game. This game will reward you for precision, for your work, for your, uh, your grind, you know, what you do in the dark. Uh, it will reward you for that, and it'll punish you for mistakes. So, uh, again, whether we're six and zero, I probably would say the same thing as I stand here and look at the schedule sitting in front of us. Uh, you know, uh, so that doesn't surprise me, and it's not maddening. Um, that's this profession, that's this game, and that's why I've always had uh, great, great respect. I think one of the reasons um, that um, I've been uh, on a bunch of successful teams is the leadership uh, and including myself buy into the mindset of respecting the game respecting what it takes to prepare to play well to uh, to play consistently you know all the the little things respecting the mindset of an opponent uh, you know playing and competing to a standard every single day and uh, you know like deeply buying into that and if you if you, you skip a day, if you again, if, if it's an occasional belief, right? If it's an occasional commitment, then you're going to be exposed, and that's what I'm talking about. It, this game rewards you for what you do consistently, not what you do occasionally, and it doesn't reward you for, uh, you know, um, what everybody else thinks that you could be. It doesn't reward you for uh, your potential. It rewards you for your performance. This is a game of performance. What you do on the field matters. What you do on the practice field matters. What you do in recovery and on the practice field, in the meeting rooms. So, um, you know, uh, it's not maddening. Um, it's not, I, I, don't, I don't look at it like that, you know. And to me, I'm, I'm, Amongst the chaos, if say 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 Oklahoma uh, was seven and zero right now, right? We'd be the the talk in college football and everything else. There's still going to be the chaos going on outside, you know, those walls. And here we are at four and three, and there's whatever chaos, uh, if you will. And to me, you got to have calmness through all of it. And to me, the more chaotic it gets for me personally, the quieter it gets. Always has for whatever reason, uh, always will. And. And you, you believe in in a way that you do things. You believe in 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 you know uh, uh, 
what it takes, and then you just go go about your business. And uh, you know, to me, again, we've seen what we're capable of when we put it all together. All right, and uh, that's what I want to see. That's my expectation every single week uh, when we put it all together. You know, that's the expectation. This gonna be our four, you know our best four quarters of football is going to happen this Saturday in Jack Trice Stadium. And we got a lot to do with that, and uh, but we got a lot of work to do. You know, it's still going to be about the work we put in this week. And, you know, hopefully our guys will stay uh, consistent and do the little things right over and over and over and over and over until we can't get it wrong. And that's that's what it takes, too. And, you know, you can't grow weary. Uh, but it's also it's a commitment, and you got to be present in the moment. And, you know, late in the season now, you know, there will be a bunch of guys that are, again, they're looking to graduate, um, that um, have opportunities to play in the NFL. There'll be some guys that maybe look at, you know, what they want to do with their future. You know, if it's here in Norman, if it's somewhere else, and and uh, all those things matter too. You know, not getting distracted as a football team. You know, finishing uh, again with no regret. So we got to stay humble. We got to stay hungry. We got to stay focused. All the same things that it takes. You know, uh, what we've been through, and then what's lying ahead. You know, it's, it requires guts. You know, it requires uh, the will to win. It requires belief. It requires work. It requires a mental toughness, and um, it requires perseverance. And none of that is is maddening to me. None of that is surprising to me. Those are the things that it takes. And so you really just focus on again, quote unquote, the the controllables. Hey, that is BV. As we welcome you back into the Plank Show right here on the Ref. When asked about, is it maddening to have a team that could win every game and lose every game? I thought it was a good question. I mean, he said it many times, but I also would add this. I think that's this conference this year, right? You know, you go back. I don't want to like get caught up in, in the history of the Big 12 or anything of that nature. But, you know, last year, well... Kansas was was better. It was still a, a, a game that, as a, f- a fan, you went into thinking, "All right, we're going to win this game." Texas Tech, sorry, Tech Tina, wasn't very good last year. Hell, Texas wasn't very good last year. Nor was TCU. TCU was a three and six team in conference last year. You knew you'd get a good game from them, but you knew that they were a pretty good football team. I kind of kind of leave out twenty twenty, but. Still, Baylor was two and seven in twenty twenty in conference. Kansas was zero and eight. You know, you, you you can even go back to twenty nineteen, and this isn't just about Kansas being good. I mean, Texas Tech was a two and seven team in twenty nineteen. So my point is, yeah, he's right. He's hundred percent right. That's football, but it's also this league. It's also what this the Big Twelve has been this year. Kind of the preseason hype has been lived up to with the challenges of this league, right? I don't think anyone had TCU as a championship contender. They were, what, fifth, sixth in the preseason poll in the Big 12? I don't think anyone saw Iowa State falling as flat as they have so far this season, but even in how frustrating they've been at 0-4, they're still a team that has been good enough to win some games. Oh, and by the way, they beat Iowa, which was a big thing for them. That's probably where things went wrong for them. Probably got infected by the Hawkeye curse. No, they, it, they, they're they not – I mean, you are 3-4, and four, right? right? Look, you are 0-4. Oh 
but uh, this is not the Kansas of the Big 12 in recent years, I think is a good way to say it. Iowa State stinks. They do stink. And you need to go there and win. But they're capable of beating you if you play bad. That's right. Or if you allow them to play good. Because guess what? Again, at the end of the day, they're 0-4, and they're 0-4 for a reason. Having said that, this is not the 0-4 Kansas from two seasons ago or five seasons ago, right? This is a capable team in the Big 12 Conference. And really, again, it speaks to what you said, which is really the top of the Big 12, TCU. Does that look like a team to you that they look like they're not losing to anybody in this league? No. TCU does not look like that team. And meanwhile, Iowa State doesn't look like a team that right now is going to lose every single game. But they're bad because the record says they're bad. So keep them Mm. bad this week. Right. Uh, A couple of quick Air Comfort Solutions text line hits before we get a break. In the 405, do you see C.J. Colton starting at corner? I like him playing opposite of Washington. Did we – the snap counts still aren't necessarily – overly in favor of C.J. Colton quite yet. They're getting there. I, they really like Jaden Davis, guys. I mean, I and, – and again, I don't know where his snap count is looking right now, but, you know, Woody's going to start and he's going to play corner, and when they need him to, he might shift to safety some. But I, I think you've even seen with how well Key Lawrence played in limited snap – well, more snaps than he received the last few weeks. And, you know, how good Robert Spears Jennings looked. I think they're a little bit more comfortable with that safety position than maybe they they were before Woody. I don't know if you – but I I don't feel like C.J. Colden was on the field a ton. Ton. Right? Well, Josh is digging it up right now as we speak. Um, I've got overall season numbers. Would you like individual game numbers as well? I, how, about, how about for C.J. Colden just overall season and then last week? Is that easy to look at? Yes. Okay. Uh, let's see here. C.J. Colden, 94 total snaps per pro football focus. All season. Yeah, has seen action in five games. And then just bear with me for a second, and I'll have last week's numbers for you. Why do I just sit here and act like we're not in the middle of a segment? When you're like, bear with me, I'm like, okay, dude, I'm going to watch these Tom Brady highlights real <laughs> yes. quick. Hey, that's fine by me. <laughs> so you, you guys, I you had 25 total snaps last week. Oh, well, then <laughs> – yeah, he's seen a lot more snaps. <laughs> because if you think about just from the math of that. Yeah, it's like a quarter of his snaps. Okay. So then ma- ma- last, you might be well, onto something. Two weeks ago. C- can you quickly get Jaden Davis from last week? Is that easy to look yeah, at? Yeah, I'm looking right at it. Let's see. He had. I don't feel like he was on the field as much. Let's see. Last week. Where are you, Jaden? He had 47. Okay. Well, there you go. Maybe I was wrong. But I don't necessarily see that changing from a starting perspective, but I do think he's going to start playing a lot more. I mean, if you've had 94 snaps on the season in the five games that you've played, then, gosh, my my, my quick math, those 25, you're, you're definitely on the upward track. Good question from the 918. I feel like we get this about every other day. Does anyone know what's happening with Marcus Major? Yeah, he's battling an ankle injury and – I just there it's nothing they always feel like the the royal we the media need to ask about him because he's had some issues and nothing like legally but just had some issues 
away from the football field, academics, but it seems like he's rolling on that front. seems like he's even from his own world and words playing or focused better, being better. Uh, he just he, – he's dinged up right now. And I think he played against Texas Hurt. I really do. That's <laughs> – there's, there's a good-looking text line question. And then Clearwater Sooner asks a doozy, guys, who regrets more the extension they gave their coach from last year, A&M or Michigan State? Both are 1-3 and three in conference and 3-4 and four overall. Tucker got 10 years, $95 million. It's amazing what happens when someone – Gets paid? When someone – well, someone starts looking at you. And Michigan State was worried about LSU, so what did they do? They they gave Mel Tucker the bag, and it is not going well this year for Michigan State in his third year. No, it's not. All right, quick break. It is – whoa, it's 10.53. Got to go. We'll put a wrap on hour two, get you ready for the top five stories of the day next, right here on the Home Sooner Fans. Two, two things are kind of blowing up on Twitter right now. Uh, number one, Russell Wilson – says that he was working out and stretched for four of the eight hours on the flight from Denver to London, said he was doing high knees in the aisle when the rest of the guys were asleep. Oh, my gosh. Of course you were, Russell Wilson. Of course you were. Just throw touchdown passes and shut up. <laughs> I mean, you know, I think I speak for all of Broncos country when I say, dude, shut up and play better. Meanwhile, um, I'm very upset. That my my tweet didn't catch your attention right away from this morning, Josh. I was was really proud of what I found on Morning Brew. Yeah, you. By the way, uh, Crystal Codinal, who's becoming one of the ace contributors to the program, that is true. Crystal seems like everyone is always hating on OU no matter what. I agree. But about the video games, how could you not have been excited about the video game note that I found? I didn't see it. I'll tell you about it next, right here on the Ref.